This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Uh, praise the Lord. So today we're looking at you must be holy. Oh, let's start with uh, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read 31 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, 31 to 34. It's a popular scripture. Many of you probably already know it. Listen to this. Verse 31. It says, so don't worry about these things. Can you be an extension of me to your neighbor? Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry about this stuff. This is scripture now. It says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we hear? Are we? He said, these things dominate the thoughts of who? Please project the scripture. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So if all my concern in life is what are we going to eat, what are we going to drink, what are we going to wear, what are we going to drive, and all of these things. He says, if that is what occupies your mind, you are not different from an unbeliever. He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father, this is the key here, your heavenly father already knows all your needs. All your needs. It means everything I need, God knows. I don't have to cry. I don't have to roll on the floor. I don't have to make a scene for God to give me the stuff that I need for living. For those that were here on our crossover service, I told you that God answered prayers that I did not pray. While in the meantime, my focus was just on him, what would you have me do, Lord? As I sought him, as I served him, things were falling in place for me. And that is what this, this scripture is saying to us here. He said, don't, don't be worried about these things. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? He said, because those things are the thoughts that fill the minds of unbelievers, but God already knows what you need. Verse 33, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need. Amen. Someone asked me a very good question. I believe it was on Tuesday. She said, Pastor, you tell us that uh, God is never late. God is always on time. I said, yes, that's correct. God is an on-time God. He said, but at the same time, you tell us we must do something now. We must do something now. Which one should we believe? That God's time is the best or do something now? I said that both of them are not mutually exclusive. Because the fact that God's time is, God is always on time, does not mean while you're waiting, you do nothing. Amen? If uh, you are on, in, in a company where uh, the, 
they, they give bonus at the end of the year, and your bonus is based on your performance. The date of bonus is guaranteed, right? But before bonus comes, there are certain things that has to be accomplished. It's like being in school. To move from first grade to the next grade, there are exams that need to be taken. And you don't wait until the day of exam to study. Before the day of exam, you're studying, you're preparing yourself. So both are not mutually exclusive. They, they work together, matter of fact. Amen? And God is saying to us here, he's saying, my children, seek the kingdom of God above all else. What is he saying? He's saying make God first, put God first in all things. And as you do that, he says your father, your God, your God, the God that you serve, he knows the stuff that you need and is going to ensure you have them. Can I tell you the challenge we have, myself inclusive, that's why I said we. The waiting time is always a difficult time. I had a set of situations in my life that took 10 years to resolve. But when the Lord did it, he did it in a marvelous way. That if I look back to where I was 10 years prior to that time, I don't want to be in that place anymore. Because what I have now is so much better than what I had then. So what I lost is nothing compared to what I gained. But many of us cannot wait. And in the process of waiting, we give up on God and we give up on ourselves. Listen, the difference between a born-again believer and someone that does not believe is not wealth. It's not wealth. The difference between yourself that you are saved, born again, sanctified child of God, the difference between you and someone that does not believe is dedication and sanctification to God. Being separated to God that God owns me, God determines everything that I do. My decisions are not mine. Amen? Otherwise, if that is not true for you, you are not different from, that, from the unbeliever. The difference between me and the so-called unbeliever is that my life is ruled and guarded by the word of God. Praise the Lord. What that means is the difference between I and someone that does not believe is holiness. Not wealth. If you think about it, the richest people in the world today, are they born again? At least not that I know of. So it cannot be money. It cannot be houses. There are people that know nothing about God and their, their life is squared away when it comes to the things of this world. What am I saying? Stop judging how well it is with you as a child of God by stuff you have or don't have. You must be holy. We, I, 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 I did a Bible study uh, 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 the, uh, session in 2018. I said, holiness, what is it? This is why I encourage you, like somebody said earlier, this year, prioritize God. Prioritize God. 
all these things we hustle and bustle after, when the cotton is pulled and we go home to the Lord, those things don't matter anything anymore. There was a man that uh, when he died, before he died, he had written in his will that he wants to be buried in his huge mansion where he lived before he died. Rich man. So when he died, they obliged him, they buried him in his house. And then after they read the will, you know, the kids were abroad, you know, some of them in the UK, some of them in America, you know, so they told them, so what should we do with the house? They said, sell everything and put the money in the bank. He said, how about your father's house where he lived? He said, sell it. They waited and waited and waited, you know, they're trying to sell the, who will buy a house that somebody's buried inside. So that house did not sell. They said this house is not selling because of the grave that is inside there. They said exhume his body and go bury him in the cemetery and sell the house. That was a big man in his life, in his lifetime. He called the shots. But in death, we lose every right. We lose every right. So I beseech you by the mercies of God, focus on the important things. Focus on the important things. So the two sections, I'm going to do this very quickly, and I will wrap this up so we can go into Thanksgiving. I said, number one, what is holiness? What is holiness? Holiness is not looking morose and looking sad, you know, so the people that are... When I was growing up as a believer, that, is why, that's, that was how I identified the people that were holy. You know? Looking sad. Never happening. Even when they are excited, their excitement is... <laughs> they can't laugh. You know? No. I guess the people that taught those people, they had a gentle disposition. So they figure that if the one that is teaching us about holiness has a gentle disposition, it means we must all look like that person. But that is not true. You can be boisterous and be holy. Hallelujah. So what is holiness? Number one, holiness is a command to every believer. It's not a recommendation. It's not a suggestion. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. So God demands that anyone that will interact with him must be holy. It is a clear and distinct instruction to every believer. The question is why? Think about it. If God is holy and myself being unholy, I go hug him. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to make him unholy. So nothing unholy can come before him. He's a righteous God. The Bible says he's so righteous, he cannot behold iniquity. That is why your holiness is not based on what you do or don't do, but what Christ has done for you. God saw that we couldn't do it ourselves is the reason Jesus came. Even though born of a woman, he was not conceived and his constitution was not of, of the human nature. Praise the Lord. So when he died for us, he gave us that access to him. 
So now, when God is looking at you, he's not seeing you. He's seeing you through the veil of the blood of Jesus. So I can approach the throne room of God without any fear. Why? Because of the blood. Somebody say the blood. The blood of Jesus. We have access because of the blood. So without Jesus, there is no holiness. I'm going to skip very quickly. You can read the notes. That's why I put all the notes there for you to be able to read later. Holiness simply means being set apart for God and for his purposes. In that sense, you are set apart to God. Your obedience must be total. My absolute obedience to God is a clear indication of my holiness and my purity that I and God, we are one. The question I have for you today, people of God, as we begin this year, the year 2021, I have no doubt in my mind that the year 2021 is going to be a great year. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It's going to work out well for you. It's going to work out well for me. Amen. But my greatest, the biggest thing I look forward to is to know him more. Is to draw closer to him because at the end of it all, if we live long, we live 100 years, we live 120 years, the Bible says there is, we are, as we have been born, death is appointed to every one of us unless Jesus comes before that time. So when Jesus comes for me, whether now or later, 50 years, whatever, anytime it comes for me, will I be ready? Will you be ready? And nobody knows the time. Nobody knows the hour. So daily, my daily walk with God is what is important to God. That every day I seek him more. Every day I seek to please him. I want to do better than I did before. I draw closer to him. All of me must be set apart for him and for his purpose. One of the things that is clear to me in my heart is that there are many people under the sound of my voice and some watching at home that God has given you great gifts that you are sitting on. We have great evangelists amongst us. Evangelists that are not evangelizing. We have great prophets that are not prophesying. We have great teachers that are not teaching. Many are using the gift, but not for the kingdom's sake. I challenge you this year that you will make this year that you will be solely, completely dedicated unto him and continue in that path in the name of Jesus. Holiness is God's nature. That is who God is. There is absolutely nothing unholy about God. In Leviticus 11.44, Leviticus 11.44, it says, I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy. Why? Because I am holy. So do not defile yourself with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. What's God saying? The scripture is saying to you and I, don't allow the small stuff to let you, cause you to defile yourself. 
Someone once said to me, and uh, we, we went so, so close afterwards, because what he was telling me, I felt it was an insult to my person. Someone once said to me, he said, every man has a price. I can't give you the context. If, you get the, if I tell you the context, you will know why I got mad. He said, everyone has a price. Really, if you think about it, you must ask yourself, what's your price? What will it take for you to forsake your faith? What will it take for you to say, this Christianity... What will it take for you to pull back and say, um, maybe you are a worker and say, I'm not serving anymore? What will it take for you to say, I give up? What's the cost? What's the cost? He says, every man has a price. And the individual was dangling big prices in front of me. It's like, uh, next month, we're going to do a wire transfer, $5 million. My mouth was salivating. It was during my 10 years in the wilderness. The devil knows how to set us up. It was during my 10 years wilderness when everything was dry. Everything was dry. I almost called sand food. He said, I will wire $5 million into your account. Give me your bank information. I said, no. No. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So what is your price? Jesus paid with his life. There's a price for everything. The salvation we have today is free to you, but Jesus paid for it. And he paid with his life. Holiness is the very nature of God. Don't defy yourself with the little stuff. Don't defile yourself with the small stuff. Uh, Exodus 15, 11, it says God is glorious in holiness. Psalm 77, verse 13, it says your ways are holy. Revelations 15, verse 4, it says you alone are holy. Hallelujah. Let me skip very quickly. Number two, I said, how can I be holy? You know, because a lot of times we misunderstand scripture. We think it's about us. It's not about me. And neither is it about you. It's all about him and what is done for us. That is why our dedication to him must be total and complete. Why? Because he's the author and the finisher of everything. Everything. Romans 11 verse 16, the King James Version, says this. It says, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Praise the Lord. What's that telling us? Your connection to Jesus is what brings about your purity and your holiness. Without Jesus, there is no holiness. So you can do all that. That's why, you know, there are many moral people. You know, they are not born again. They, don't, they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They don't tell lies. They don't fornicate. They don't commit adultery. In fact, many of them, <laughs> on morality, you'll be surprised that they stand even better than some Christians. But the thing about salvation is not about your morality. 
your morality is not what makes you saved. You can be a moral person and be headed straight to hell. I praise the Lord. Paul said to us, if the root is holy, then the branches must be holy. If I am connected to Christ, if Christ is the vine, and I'm drawing supply from Jesus, he's saying that supply cannot be unholy. Why? Because I'm drawing from the master. When you get home, read John 15 from verse 4 to 8. But when you read this, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, the scripture tells us clearly how this comes about. He says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth. He's writing to Salvation Center today. He says, I am writing to, the, to God's church in San Antonio, writing to Salvation Center, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. God is calling us to holiness. God is calling us to a life of purity. There is no person that is living a life of holiness that is living a life of backbiting, lie-telling, stealing, fornication. and all. You can't be holy and join yourself with all of that. Listen to this. He says, he made us, he made you and I, he made us holy. How? By the midst of Christ Jesus. The way we are holy is by us drawing close to the master. Charles Spurgeon said, he says, anyone that will be holy must be close to Jesus. There is no holiness if there is no proximity to Christ. He said, he has made us holy by the means of Christ. Just as he did for all the people everywhere who call on his name. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Listen. In 2021, God will answer your prayers. God will answer your prayers. But above breakthrough, above those desires, put God. Like the general overseer said, he says, make evangelism a key component of your life. Tell others about Jesus. You know, it costs, it costs really nothing. If I tell them about Jesus, they don't believe. It's not about me. If I was telling them about me and they don't believe in my ability, then I have a reputation problem. You know, but if I was uh, recommending to Ben, for example, say, ah, Hey, Ben, there's this new guy. Oh, he's, this guy is all that. You know, this, 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 and that. And Ben says, Pastor, I don't believe that guy. Is it my reputation? No, I'm just giving a reported speech. So when it comes to evangelizing and telling others about Christ, it's not my, my reputation is not at stake. I'm just telling them what Jesus has done. Who Jesus has been. This Friday coming up at my job, I'm starting a Bible study, a Bible study group. It is not compulsory, it is not by force. 
just invite people very gently. We have a, you know, 30-minute session, you know. You are free to join us. And then they can hear about Jesus. And then prayerfully, they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Put the Lord first. Put the Lord first. When you put the Lord first in everything you do, believe me, all the lines will begin to fall for you in pleasant places. Your goodly heritage will be made manifest in the name of Jesus. It's not about me. Can you say say that about yourself? It's all about him. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.